attention, intelligent, small business owner. I have a quick question for you. Do you know who's the most powerful buying force in the U.S. today? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give you a hint when I introduce my special guest on this special episode of Marketing Solutions for Local Businesses. When I tell you that she has been deeply involved in the e-com space, specifically in women-dominated markets, hint, hint, since 2014. She has helped brands scale and profit while reducing their ad spend with unique brand story communication and behavior based on conditional logic. Very powerful stuff. Her copy and these strategies are, are used in to sell hundreds of millions in products. You've seen her clients products on, on late night infomercials, online boutiques and store shelves. Now she has rescripted parts of her playbook for use by coaches, consultants and thought leaders. She has observed that women's purchase habits in the idea adoption space seem to be as predictable as the physical product space. And since you know that women make 80% of all online purchases, you can't afford to miss what she shares in her trainings. So without further ado, I am going to start this special episode starting right now. Hello and welcome to Marketing Solutions for Local Businesses, the podcast where you will discover all the latest and greatest digital marketing tools, tips, and strategies you will need to implement in order to stay ahead of your competition. If you are not getting the results you are looking for from your digital marketing efforts, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's the host of our show, the local business guy himself, Frank Deming. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. This is Frank Deming, the local business guy, and welcome to a special episode of Marketing Solutions for Local Businesses. I have a special treat for you this morning. It's today's Monday, June 8th. And uh, as you know, every time I have a special guest, I don't, I come out of my regular schedule so I could uh, bring you some different content, different people in the industry that are making things happen in the marketing world. Uh, and today I have a special treat, but before I get to that, I, I gave you a little pre-intro on that uh, earlier, but uh, before I get to that, I want to just remind you that... Um, Anyone has any questions or if you want to be a special guest on my show, just give us a call at 888-416-7752 or send us an email at info at lbmsllc.com and someone will handle um, any questions you may have if you want to be a guest on the show or if you have a topic that you would like um, covered. So. I would like to introduce to you a person who I, I got to tell you that I am very, very, very enamored of knowing. I mean, I feel honored knowing her. She's um, very inspirational. And like I said in the pre-intro, she is marketing to 80%, 80% of the buying power 
<laughs> and you know what that I gave you a little hint of what that is. But um before I give away the form, I just want to introduce her. Her name is Wendy Schenkel. Wendy, please say hello to these fine folks out here. Oh, thank you so much, Frank. And thank you so much for having me. Um, I have always appreciated our friendship. I have learned so much from you and gotten so much further ahead faster, masterminding with you, brainstorming with you, and, um, you know, our friendship. I really value that. Thank you for having me here. Yep, I value it as well. And yeah, masterminding with Wendy Schenkel is a treat. If you guys ever have the privilege of doing that, I recommend it because she will challenge you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I said a little bit about you in the pre-intro, uh, Wendy, as you know, but I would like to hear the words from you directly. Who is Wendy Schenkel and why oh. should we listen to you? Why should you listen to me? Okay, well, <laughs> if you want to sell to the most influential buyers in the world. I have done an extensive amount of research on the buying habits of the specific demographic that is making 80% of the purchase decisions in the world, and that is women. So if you want more to gain more respect, have more influence, and make more money selling into women-dominated markets, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know so that you can learn how to sell to this market, build a brand women love to buy from, and get them to refer their friends without sounding slimy, without sounding weak, without becoming a target for feminists, all of these things like step in, be the man you were made to be, the business, the brand you were made to be, and not um, offend anyone and earn their affection. That's awesome. Hey, Wendy, um, out of curiosity, what, what um, made you do this research? I mean, you, you obviously researched this. What, 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 what drove you towards that? I'm just curious. Okay, that's a great question. When I started out, uh, you know, like stepping into the business world as a woman, Originally, I was like, okay, uh, it's a male-dominated world. Men are making all the decisions. You know, like, that's, that was what I walked into, right? Like, that was my programming. That's what I've always been told. That's what my impression always was. But my love of analytics and learning how to read analytics dashboards and looking at, like, heat maps and buyer's decisions, then I was building my own e-commerce brand. And that became my sandbox for learning how all these people were uh, making purchases, the psychology behind it. It emerged, the facts are, women are making 80%, 80 to 85% of the buying decisions online. So even though our perception may be men are ruling the business world, men might be the producers, but women are the majority consumers. So that, once I, I realized that, and I had the analytics to prove it, like it wasn't just me standing up and saying, women have all the power. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like, holy, like, whoa, this is so eye-opening to see. Like, you can see it here, the, the, the numbers, they, the analytics, they can't lie to you, right? So no matter what we perceived it to be, no matter what kind of baggage, if you are, will, we were coming into this with, as marketers, we have to know who's making the final clicks to buy. And that's sure. why I really wanted to dig into this. 
No, that's, that's true. That is, that is true. And, and speaking of this topic, I understand you've got a book. You want to tell us about that? Oh, yeah. So I took everything I figured out over the last, well, I've been working on this since 2014. And I distilled it down, assuming that mostly men were going to read it, right? And like, let's admit it, forever men have said women are um, too emotional, they're train wrecks, they're confusing, they're like mysterious, like for eons, right? I distilled it all down into like these principles that I feel are everlasting. They will stand the test of time. It's not like something that's going to fall out of favor. It's how women are biologically wired to make decisions and how they perceive the world. And I put the principles into this book. It's, I call it the purse strings effect, the secret for selling to women. And it's the psychology behind what makes women fall in love with brands, ideas, leaders, and what you can do to stay in your lane if you want to earn and gain the respect of, of women buyers. Wow. That's, a, that's amazing. Um, I gotta tell you, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I will put a link to that book in the show notes so you guys could take it out. It's on Amazon. Um, when was it released by the way? Oh my God. It just went on Amazon two days ago. Oh, right. literally two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's All right. Like All right. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not even sure if we have any reviews on there yet. Although I have like a ton in my inbox of like, people that know how to get a hold of me and they're like, Oh man, this is crazy. And right. Uh, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely put a link on, on the show notes and I want, I want people to check it out because I know it's going to be awesome. I'm going to check it out myself. Um, Thank you, Frank. Out, of, out of curiosity though, um, what, what is, is it different to sell to women versus selling to men? Like if, if it's a women owned business versus a male own business is it a different thing or let's say you're targeting women attorneys is it different than a male attorney what's your psyche on that i think it's a little bit different in this respect even though we may all have the same goals right the values in which we are going to try to gain the valor are going to be different the values that guide us are different the ways we will go about achieving something are different. And I think like to know what's going on inside the minds of your prospects gives you an incredible advantage to sell to them. And when you understand the worldview that women are coming to the table with, and you can have empathy, and I'm not saying in like a wimpy way, I'm not trying to emasculate men. I I really want to empower men because I think women uh, and, and women who are strong personalities, maybe like working in their, their male energy, they've kind of been competing against men. So they've kind of taken on this like male persona. I think they can have a huge advantage selling to women if they have these insights, because you can speak to their objections before they're vocalized. And when you have the ability to do that, you can connect with people in a way that they know that you understand them intimately. And, you know, like I talk about this, like a lot, like with my private clients, like men will have a fight, right? Like you guys will puff up, you'll 
you'll lock horns, maybe you'll fist fight, you'll have like an insult competition. And when it's over, you shake hands and you go have a beer, right? We got to get and that testosterone out. Right. <laughs> For the majority of women, when women start to feel challenged or they feel uncomfortable, they shut down. And they shut down or they start to just get super polite because we know we can't fight you. We can't have a physical fight. And if we disagree, typically we retreat. And when that happens, it slows down the communication or you get ghosted or they don't call back or they tell you they're going to think about it or they give you some excuse that there's another decision maker, which it might just be the cat. You know, because when we shut down and we stop communicating, if you keep pursuing us, either the resentment builds up and or we know you're not connected with us. So we're just not going to let you in because you're not safe, you know, so just keep you at an arm's distance because that's safest. And that can follow you and follow your brand for a very long time because whether businesses want to admit it or not, women make decisions typically in communities and more decisions are made in those like hen house conversations than most businesses would ever want to admit, good or bad. So if, when you can control that dialogue or even if it's not the right time or it's not the right, you know, you're not the right fit for this woman that you wanna work with, just demonstrating that you understand where she's coming from and you understand like the rules of engagement and how women make decisions can put you worlds above and position you as maybe you're not going to close that deal, but she's still going to send you business. And she's not going to back talk, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever read the book verbal judo, but there's a, there's a section in that book where they talk about um, wimps. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not calling women wimps, but if you look at the, like, this is coming from a man's perspective, right. this book and, and how men communicate. Wimps are the ones that they won't tell you to their face, to your face, what you think, but they'll talk crap about you behind your behind back. Your back yeah. And you're going to want to know if that's the person on the other end that you're dealing with. Like, and I'm not categorizing all women that way, yeah, yeah. but when we go into that retreat safe mode, sometimes it can turn into that when that's not even your intention. So Like, I want to position you in a way that that's not going to happen. Because I know you're a good man. I know you have a good heart. And you don't want to inadvertently bully somebody, which, you know, like, maybe to you, it's like a fist bump of, like, encouragement. But sometimes in the wrong setting, that can be taken as, uh, oh, you're arrogant. Or, oh, you're bullying me. You know, like, but this book, like, I can tell you how to avoid that. It's not hard. It's just... Do you remember that book, um, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus? Men Are Venus. From Venus, yes. It's kind of like that, but for sales for and marketing. Sales. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of, well, before I say this, I got to tell you, I could relate to a lot of things you just said. Having been married several times, <laughs> I could relate to a lot of stuff you said. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but speaking of sales, folks, I, I one thing, uh, Wendy is very humble because one of the things that she is, uh, another, um, I want to say, uh, talent that she has or gift is copywriting. I mean, she's a master copywriter uh, that I, I think, I, I don't think I 
made mention to it. I thought she was going to mention it, but I'm going to mention it for her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's a master copywriter. So she understands the psyche, how you emotionalize people, men and women for that matter, to, to get them to make a purchase. I mean, like I said, in the pre-intro, she's, she's got, she was a copywriter for many known brands and boutiques and, sh- and store shelves and, you know, infomercials. So You've, you've, you've got a powerful person in hand here in this interview, so I'm glad you were able to make it once again. Thanks a lot. Um, and, and remember, the her book is, on the sh- is in the show notes, so go over there and, uh, and check it out. Um, now, let me ask you a, a question, and I don't know if you want to get into this at all, but how about teaching? Can you teach the skill set that you have? Do you ever want to get into like coaching or anything like that? Oh boy, that is my next evolution of things. Honestly, I just uh, flew out to Phoenix for a private weekend with uh, someone who's a communication and education expert. Right. Wrote the syllabus for what I think are the most crucial and important concepts of this. I'm going to launch the coaching kind of in a beta type. I need to get feedback, right? So I mostly am used to working with women. I've concentrated on that for the last what, six, seven years, I need to make sure this works for the guys too, in a way that um, you get an ROI on it. Cause I don't want to sell something that people aren't going to make money on. I'm selling a product into the business space. And if I'm selling a product to business people, it needs to make money, right? Like right. if I was selling something for health, it would have to make you healthier. If I was selling something for relationships, it would prevent you from getting married and divorced a bunch of times. Right? <laughs> if we're talking about a business product, I want to prove <laughs> that if you invest in what I'm going to teach you, you are going to get an ROI. And until I have proven that in a one-on-one coaching setting, I don't feel like I have the integrity to go out into the world and peddle something that isn't proven. Right. No, I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Um, so what, what about, let me ask you this about COVID. We're in the, we're still in the COVID era. We're going to be in this COVID era for quite some time, if you will. What's, what's your take on COVID? Do you think we have to change the way we sell is it a different message? Is it the same message, but tweaked a little? What, what's your take on that whole thing? I know I, I asked that question to a lot of my guests. I just want, I'm just kind of curious about your take on it. Can I be honest or do I have to be filtered? No, no I want you to be 100% honest. I want you to be the Wendy Schenkel that I know and love. Okay. So the, I'm going to, if you know me and love me, I'm going to say something that might offend some people. Go ahead. <laughs> I think anybody who's sloppy or lock or is lacking in conscientiousness is going to get wiped out of business by this because I know that women are biologically hardwired to avoid conflict and to be hyper conscientious when people's health and safety is at risk. And I think women are biologically, well, I know, women are biologically hardwired to see inconsistencies. And so businesses and personalities and thought leaders that are sloppy are going to uh, get punished by the market. So I think anybody that doesn't make it through this whole COVID disaster is somebody who has uh, been someone who is perceived to be reckless 
they don't have their together. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can say they it. don't dot their I's, cross their T's, like hypervigilance and being good at your delivery and uh, setting expectations is going to become the new norm. And if you are not able to do that, the day of the influencer just showing up to get attention, I think is over. People are looking uh, for health and safety. And I don't mean health and safety like you're always wearing your mask and going over the top. But when things don't happen the way that people are expecting, I don't think they're going to be quite as forgiving as they used to be. It's, it's kind of like the tightening of the purse strings uh, right now. And yeah. um, you're going to have to prove your worth. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, I am so thankful for the many years of coaching and business preparation and business foundation building that I had prior to building my business because it put me in a position to, you know, technically not even feel this whole thing. I mean, I, it, it, it hurt a little bit, but then it's like, because my foundation was so strong, uh, it was like, just go, just go, just go and do it, Frank. And so I agree with you hundred percent on that. Well, in all the time that I've known you, you've always been super conscientious. You're very thorough. You keep your word. You speak consistently. You deliver on what you sell. And so it makes sense that this whole thing wouldn't have hurt you. But if you were the lowest priced option, or I mean, I'm not sure you know, how you're priced in the market right now, but if you were that guy that was just the lowest priced option, but your work was sloppy, you, people would have abandoned you. But they know yeah. you're good. And you, you, I mean, I don't know how it was before I've known you. It's been at least three or four years that we've known each other. You have yeah. always been very, conscientious oh thank you for that thank you um you know it's it's been it's been a long road wendy it's been a (laughs) long road uh because me unlike a lot of entrepreneurs i wasn't born with a entrepreneur into an entrepreneur family most people that i know that are in in this type of they've been you know oh my father is an entrepreneur my mother you know everyone's in me i'm i'm the pioneer i'm i I just broke the the mold but anyway this isn't about me. This is about you. I, I, want, I want to make sure that everyone understands who Wendy Schenkel is and the power behind uh, you and, and what kind of value you bring. So I want to stick to the script, if you will, <laughs> and get to that. Now, I mentioned earlier that you were a master at, at ad copy. I want to talk a little bit more about that because I want uh, the people to understand how the power of it. Um, because you talk in the past, we've talked a lot about sales letters and sales pages and conversions and all of that stuff. Give, give my audience one or two nuggets, what I'll sell in the form, obviously, of, of what are the key elements in a good sales letter that's going to convert, whether you're a brick and mortar business or, a, or, or in, a, an e-com business. What's, what, what are a couple of tips on that? You know what I can share with you? The, the little talk, the teaching mm-hmm. that has always gotten me hired by the biggest CEOs of health and beauty products has always been this little mini training. And I can do it for you right here on the air. I might 
take a few minutes uh, and ask me any questions that you have. Hey man, just just go for it. We we I got all day. My listeners the love my show. The golden message. The golden message that I feel like turns all all the tides is when you can write a product description in a way women comprehend. So I talk about there's communication, like that's just words back and forth. Then there's context. And then there's comprehension. And like when I sat down with like the CEO of, they just crossed a billion dollars in sales. They're in, I can't use their name because of NDAs, but they're you. in CVS, Walmart. You see it on infomercials. Uh, it's a hair product for women. And, uh, and I also use this uh, when I worked with uh, sales uh, managers at Mercedes. You have to talk about your product not in like in Mercedes when I was with Mercedes you don't talk about the horsepower of the vehicle because that is meaningless to women typically the 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 conversation is not this has 305 horsepower it is you will be able to outrun the semi going at speed when you go zero to catch up on the on-ramp you can fit a week's worth of groceries in this trunk a five or a six foot five man has leg room and headroom in this back seat. And when we're talking about like e-commerce products, it's not four fluid ounces. It's a 30 day supply with medium length hair. So, you know, like being able to take your product and your service or your service and to talk about what it delivers in what kind of time frame and what the expectations are for the amount of money you're going to pay for it in the amount of time that you're going to invest or the duration of our engagement and put that in a, a and communicate it in a way that has comprehension and context you will convert so many more sales than you will if you try to talk about your product in technical terms and i think we as marketers have been speaking about this for a while, but nobody has said it this way before. And so for years, I've been sitting in rooms with some of the best marketers in the world and they're like, talk about the result, talk about the result, talk about the, the, the before and the after. But they've never broken it down this way that it's actually made sense, actionable sense. Like they, they might do it, but they don't understand yeah. it enough to yeah. teach it. And so that has been the biggest game changer for me for like increasing conversion rates. Like typically when a client comes to us with an e-commerce product, you know, they're converting between one and 2%. We want to lift that to closer to four, four and a half, five. Cause if you're paying for paid traffic, like I know retargeting is cheaper, but come on, who doesn't want the sale on the first visit? Like, don't we all like, we're all in this to, to spend less money on ads, to shorten the sales cycle, to, to get them to be recurring buyers. Yeah. And once I figured that out, that has been the secret sauce to my copy that converts and my sales pages that convert. I understand where you are. I'm going to meet you where you are. He, you know, that's the, the talking about the pain, the problem. Mm-hmm. This is the solution that I have. And I'm going to speak to you in terms of content speak to you about it in terms of context and a way that you can comprehend 
And then this is what the afterlife is going to look like. Right. And if you need support along the way, this is the bedside manner in which I'm going to deliver that service to you when you need a bailout. Wow. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I, I had a, a, a episode when the, I think it was episode 13 and it talks all about the headline, the importance of a headline. But this is like, it, this, you just took full circles. That's just the headline. Cause you know, headlines that's going to pe- make people uh, pay attention. The, the actual body copy is going to keep you sticking. And that's, that's the importance. And, and, you know, she's the master at that. I mean, I, I sell to the brick and mortar businesses, but you know, uh, Wendy will do e-commerce. She does brick and mortar. She does it all. So. Um, well, here's, a, here's how you awesome. can relate it to brick and mortar. You can have a beautiful store, beautiful store, but if people walk in the door and you don't treat them appropriately, they're not going to stick with your brand. They're not going to come back. You know, you, what if you're a brick and mortar shop and you have the most amazing homemade ice cream, like you've won every eating contest, but people walk into your shop and they don't know how to order. Like they don't know you have five different types of homemade cones that can be dipped in chocolate, sprinkles, marshmallow, this and that, because your user experience is terrible. And you've got a 14 year old kid that is looking out the window because his girlfriend is walking by on the street, you know, waiting till he's off his shift so they can go hang out, you know, like, uh, or they're rushing people through orders or there's back chatter. You know, like you have to think about that user experience. Just getting somebody in the door is not enough, but right. if you can get them in the door, and they have a great experience and the kids can look up at the menu and say, oh, look, there's visuals on how to order my cone. And then the, this is the flavors. And then these are the sprinkles. And if you love this experience and you want to share it with a friend, a teacher, a, you know, a, a neighbor, buy a gift card while you're here and give the gift of the experience of this to somebody else to enjoy. Like that to me is a win. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, speaking of that, I have a question. This is a little bit off topic, but I'm just kind of curious of your your um, opinion on this because I have this debate a couple of times with a, f- a few friends, and we we're like fifty fifty on this. So, you know, you being a a businesswoman, you probably understand where I'm coming from here. You go to a restaurant whenever we when we were allowed to go to restaurants. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> Many moons ago, it seems. But anyway, um, so you go to a restaurant. Let's say that the food is, isn't all that great, but the service was exceptional. The experience of being in this place was exceptional. They treated you like royalty. Would you go back even though the food sucked? I do it all the time. Look at McDonald's. Okay. Good point. You know what to expect? Yeah. Is Starbucks coffee really that much better? Yeah. And if you're talking about this in context of selling to women, Mm -hmm. women are far more agreeable than men. And if we go back to talking about not wanting to create conflict and having things orderly, she is not going to make a fuss. She's going to put up with the food that's cold or doesn't taste just right. Like it's pretty unique that you get a woman that's going to complain. Like, and 
maybe that's why you've been divorced. Maybe those are the ones you've picked before. I don't know, Frank, but, <laughs> but the mass, the vast, the mass majority is going to deal with it. And if the food's not that great, I'm a foodie. I mean, I'll eat at Taco Bell and I'll go to Morton Steakhouse or Ruth's Chris, like I'll eat at both or, you know, some kind of private cuisine. I'll eat at both ends of the spectrum, but how you treat me means everything right. because, you know, I'm into, I'm into the hospitality mm-hmm. more than I am the food. Yeah, because food you can get. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, we've had this debate and it's been 50-50. I'm, I'm with you on this. I, I, you know, the experience. You go to a restaurant, if you're going to spend, you know, 400 bucks in a, on dinner mm-hmm. um, and they treated you like royalty for the day and the food was, eh, you know, you could have get the same thing at, at TGI Fridays, right? <laughs> you still go back because the, the TGI Fridays is not going to treat you like that place just treated you. So I was just curious about your... Yeah, I mean, if you're a restaurant too, like come up with some unusual scripts that your staff uses just in your restaurant. Like have your own tribe language because, you know, like every server walks up to the table and says, hi, my name is Emily and I'm going to be your server today. What can I get you to drink? Like that doesn't feel like good hospitality. That's what everybody expects. So right. you're average if you're using that. But it, if it's something unique, you know, like we go to this uh, restaurant in Palm Beach, uh, Capital Grill. I think it's a chain. So, you know, yeah, maybe I know. we even yeah. have it near yeah. you. We used, but, to, we used to go to Capital Grill when we used oh, to go to Connecticut, funny. remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We have been there together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, the experience, like yes. they do a nice job. It's a chain, but. I would say yeah. they're they're above average, right? Higher end change. Yeah, it's pretty decent, yeah. But we have this one server, Charlie. And Charlie comes in and he always has these like funny jokes mm-hmm. that he tells us. And you know, some of them are inappropriate, but he knows his audience, you know, like he knows we appreciate that. So if things that he says are a little like not PC, like <laughs> he knows us. And then, you know, like he'll ask as we come in, like, I have to be careful what I say, you know, like, who's my audience today? He has the champagne that we like to drink right. uh, on the table. He puts us in a private room because he knows that we get loud. And so they shut the doors. Like, you know, it's just those kind of things that he doesn't just, we, we're not treated like the same people. And we always take business guests there because we know what to expect. We know that they know us. And I don't care if I have to pay a little extra because I don't have to worry. Right. I don't have to worry that we're going to get poor service. I don't have to worry that things are going to be slow. I don't have to worry that they're going to rush us out the door. And to make a difference of that, like Capitol Grill wasn't open. And so I took a friend that was visiting from Washington, D.C. I took him to a different restaurant uh, mm-hmm. down in Palm Beach. And it's a place I go to frequently. Right. And it's similarly priced. But as soon as we paid the bill, they stopped filling the water glasses. They stopped coming to the table. And I was like, oh, you naughty people. Like, I am here all the time. Like, I go at least once, probably every six days or so with someone. And I was like, you know, 
uh, that did not impress me. I'm going to think twice before I do that again, because, you know, like I don't want my client or my friend having to ask to have their water glass filled, or can you get me another drink from the bar? Like, okay, I get it. You have to flip tables. Like that's how you make money. Right. But I mean, we had a $150 bill for the two of us. Plus we were still drinking and talking and, you know, that. And, and, and you go there. It's a familiar face. Yeah. And, and I always use their valet and pay the valet. Well, like, but the, the staff was just so inattentive. And when I asked them to fill the glasses, it wasn't, you know, like, I'm sorry, we missed you, whatever. It was like, they rolled their eyes and they were like, you know, are you done yet? Like, I was wow. like, wow. you know, like, I, I didn't say anything, but I'm thinking it going, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this again. And I wouldn't want to take a chance to yeah. refer one of my friends because I'm nervous. You know, the last thing, the last thing any business person wants to happen is that you refer someone and then the person that you refer, the business you refer, the service, they get a bad experience, right? Because then it makes you look like a jerk too. Yeah. So, you know, I got to be careful about that. And, you know, I didn't have time to go to the manager. I'm not going to waste my time with all that, but I'm filing it away in my head going, right, right. I got to pay attention here. Yeah, I mean, you even mentioned it. I mean, you didn't mention the business, but you mentioned it on a podcast. So it's it's something that's in your head that you know. Oh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back there, or I'm gonna think twice before going back there. Or I'm okay. gonna pull my girlfriends aside and say, I know we like this place; it's popular. You know, like it has a nice outdoor view and that. But if you're taking a client that you really want to have a good influence with, and you think you might have a lengthy conversation, you might want to choose somewhere else to go. Right. Yeah. Now, another thing um, that we fail to mention of, of how many talents outside of being a great copywriter, great businesswoman in general, Wendy <laughs> actually is a techie. I mean, she understands Shopify like nobody's business. And that's not a, I mean, it's, not that it's a difficult platform, but it's 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 it can get frustrating for some people. So talk talk about your technical prowess there. Oh well, I have a little bit of an advantage. I started <laughs> with Shopify in 2014. Okay. I'm one of the OGs. When I call into Shopify, I'm a gotcha. Shopify certified partner now, and they look at my account history. They're like, "Oh, you've been here like since we were born." I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. So I've grown with that platform. It wasn't as robust when I got started. So now I can understand how it could be overwhelming. Right. But uh, I love Shopify for businesses, business owners who are turned off by tech because it's, yes, there is a learning curve and yes, there is a, an on-ramping process. Yes, building anything from scratch. It's like birthing a baby, right? You're going to have to feed it and change it every two hours till it's a little more independent. Right. But uh, what I love about Shopify is um, for people who are terrified of tech, mm-hmm. it is a legacy platform. You can hire somebody to build it for you and then it's very easy for an average business owner who doesn't like tech uh, to, to grow with it. And their tech support is phenomenal. You can be a startup shop, you know, selling Etsy products and Mm -hmm. then 
you can grow with a platform to Budweiser, Tesla. I mean, they sell on Shopify and you don't have to start all over as you grow. So the original Shopify site that I built for my own e-commerce brand in 2014, as we've grown, I have the original website, the original Shopify site. I've just tweaked it and updated it and, and added to it on the way. And I've never had to like redo my payment gateways and redo my warehousing and redo my fulfillment. And it's just, if you want a software because you want it to be a tool, yeah. and not a task, Shopify is an amazing option. They have everything from point of sale for like brick and mortar businesses to my business. That's all online. We don't do any uh, point of sale uh, purchases anymore. We can do phone sales. We do uh, website sales and um, interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. And I love the fact that you can call to get tech support and they have you on the line with a Shopify expert in 30 minutes or less. And they're going to solve your problem while you're on the phone. Oh, and you know, the other cool thing about it is uh -huh. if you build it for a shop owner, like let's say you build a Shopify site for a business owner, you right. can surrender full ownership of the site. And then you can stay on as a staff, you know, to provide a staff account to provide um, support, tech support, or right. like for me, cause I'm a Shopify certified partner, I can stay on as a collaborator. So I'm logged into their store as if, I'm tech support, right? but the business owner can restrict my access if they don't want me to see, you know, like if they, it's a good way to maintain privacy, right? I can, as a collaborator, I can never see their billing information, but they can block their customers. They can block whatever they want, you know, like that's their personal preference. Interesting. But let's say I get hit by a bus. Mm -hmm. They own the site. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like, or if they need an update. I'm going to show them how to do their own updates. So they're not calling me, you know, like, Oh, I got to pay this fee, like, you know, hourly yeah. fee to have this product updated or change this, or my hours are different or whatever. No. And you don't want to that me, anyway. <laughs> no. First of all, I ain't got time for that. No, you got time for that. But, but uh, I feel like business owners, like I, I believe enslave no one. Like if you there own you the business, you should own your website. It needs to be yours. Otherwise you're at the mercy of whoever built it for you. Yep. And I believe, I believe uh, if something happens, it's over game over. Yeah. As a web development company, I could tell you, I believe in that a whole hundred percent. I, when I first started my web business, I remember People was telling me that I should, you know, oh, well, you can lose people if you don't own it yourself, host it, own it. It's your thing. When they go away, oops, they, and it's hard. And I'm like, I'm like hijacking people. I don't want that. If they don't want to, if they don't want me to, to host their website anymore, go, go right ahead. I don't care. There's many, many more that where that came from. You know, why, why would I worry about hosting? Yeah, but and that's because you're good at what you do and you're not afraid. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Here, here's, here's the code. Here's that. Out of curiosity, going back to to Shopify, um, have you toyed around with WooCommerce at all? Because I'm a WooCommerce guy. Are you? Yeah. Have you toyed around and, with that? You know, I got to tell you, uh -oh. I know nothing about WooCommerce other than the clients that come to me and say, we want to upgrade to Shopify. Okay. I have... 
exported products out of WooCommerce to mm-hmm. import into Shopify. It's super easy. You just export a CSV file and import it into yeah. Shopify and it's good to go. Um, I haven't used uh, WooCommerce. I, I looked at BigCommerce, WooCommerce, Magento, yeah. all of that in the beginning. And, you know, the people that were more tech savvy kind of went to Magento. Um, the people that were less techie at the time kind of migrated towards Shopify. Yeah. I, I had never built a website, anything like that before. Um, there were some features about Shopify, fulfillment of physical products and like inventory control and stuff that made more yeah. sense to me because I knew I was going to use um, paid staff right. for order fulfillment and Shopify made more sense. So I'm sorry. That, that was a long answer to say, I'm sorry you're a WooCommerce guy. <laughs> you should come over to our side. <laughs> well, I, 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 I moved over from, I was, I was a, you know, me, I'm a techie as well. So I, I was in the Magento side for years. And then um, I just when as WooCommerce got more mature, I moved over to WooCommerce so I could stay wholly on the WordPress side. But um, you know, that's just a, a choice of mine. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think initially that was kind of a drawback to Shopify is they didn't have a really good way to do SEO, and right. they didn't have a blog feature. But now there's a product called Shopify Compass, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic for SEO keywords. It's got a really robust uh, blog feature. We have one blog that we wrote three years ago that we get so much organic traffic. It's a how to use one of our entry level products. It's a, like a 500 word blog post with an image that the image clicks to the product page on our Shopify site. We get so many new customers off that blog post. Um, That's powerful. And, you know, we have a, thank God, we have a 70 some percent recurring, returning customer rate. So, and our average customer value is almost $500. So if we can sell them a $30 product organically, that is... That is the best Sweet. 500 words we ever wrote. <laughs> and we have it um, as a blog post on our Shopify site. And then we put it on Facebook and boosted it. But I think maybe we, you know, put $20 or something into boosting yeah. it like two years ago. That's sweet. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge advocate. My audience knows I'm a huge advocate of content marketing. Content marketing is king. Whether I you're going to put it. it on video, you want to put it on a blog post, you want to put it on a podcast. Hint, hint. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, content marketing. Uh, all right, well, I have one last question for you before we let uh, you go here. So, and again, thanks for coming. And before I ask that question, I just want to remind you guys, head on over to the, if you, don't, if you have not downloaded this episode yet, I want you to download it. And I want you to head over to the show notes and, and check out her book, the link is on the show notes. Um, all right. So last question. There's been a huge debate in the digital marketing world. Uh, and the debate is email marketing is dead. What's your take on that? Frank, email marketing has a 38 to 1 ROI. Yes. 
38 to 1. And if you look at the statistics, look at the statistics, there is the most value in email marketing. I wrote a whole piece on this. There's actually even a section in it in my book that the reason what, when email marketing doesn't work is when you do it like Grant Cardone style. And you're just blasting out egotistical, look at me, I'm so hot and famous, you know, running, you know, like if you're content marketing via email, it's, there's an amazing ROI to it. Um, I had a cosmetics uh, company that came to me and they were doing about $800,000 a year in sales uh, when we first started working together. They had about uh, 12% return customer rate through email marketing. We, I wrote 46 emails from them. I wrote a abandoned cart, a win back, a new customer, um, a VIP, uh, a reorder. I can't remember the other one, but we did seven email flows for them. There were 46 emails in total. The first year we put that on their site, they made $452,000 just off of those 46 emails. Right. Zero ad spend. Of course there was upfront expense, right? Yeah. Yeah. But email marketing, it, it, people, and, and if you look at the polls from customers that are receiving email marketing, you know, uh, I get, you know what, let me, uh, let me see if I can find the exact stat. Um, but I'll, I'll explain to you what I'm going to say about it when I find it. Okay. Women love to get promotions in their inbox. They love to be the first to know. And if you set those emails up properly so that they're giving value and it's not just you making noise, yeah. uh, there's a huge opportunity. They can forward it to their friends. Uh, let's see here. This is about return policies. Yeah, it's all about yeah. adding, it's all about adding value. And if, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of email marketing. Um, but there's a lot of noise on the industry. You go on YouTube, you get on, there's these guys trying to sell you something else. So that's why they're telling you that it's dead. But the, the truth of the matter is, it's not dead. It's still powerful. It's still very powerful. And a lot of, uh, a lot of um, businesses now you can sign, people can sign up for SMS notifications. Yeah. Yeah, so if you can combine it, SMS and your email marketing is even you know you, I think the uptick is like eleven percent increase in 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 revenue or yeah. or, or something like that. I read on TechCrunch. So here's, here's the exact uh, uh, report. Awesome. According to research by the Direct Marketing Association, seventy-two percent of people would rather receive promotional material via email than social media. 38% of people say receiving special offers is the top reason they subscribe to an email list. Mm. And that's from the consumers, not us marketers and our, yeah, yeah. Like our magical desires. That's coming. I think knowing your audience and how they want to be communicated to is crucial and ask them. I mean, if you see a spike in your unsubscribe rates, there yeah. you go. If people aren't opening them, to give yeah. them a reason to like, you can't be selfish about it. There has to be something in it for them. Respect people's time. Yeah. You no, know? it's that, it's that radio station. What's in it for me, right? W I I F M. So if it's not in it for them, I mean, I always shoot for my, my open rate 
I have a very unique crowd and every, every industry is different. So my open rate, if, if I don't get at least a 25 to 35% open rate, then something's wrong. Now, for some industries, that's low. My industry, that's pretty average. That's, that's right around the sweet spot where you need to be. Anything below the 25%, then I'm doing something wrong. What have you seen? I have seen pretty consistent um, open rates and click-through rates and take rates on offers in emails. But again, I'm working with women-dominated markets, mostly health, cosmetics, beauty, business products, pets, uh, children. Um, But there are some factors that can contribute to that how you write your headlines, Mm -hmm. if you're using emojis, if you're setting expectations, depending on what software you're using, the triggers that those emails deploy, the conditional logic. There's so much um, intricacies on how you can set up those emails, just your email, uh, your CRM Mm -hmm. uh, provider alone. You know, if, if, they sell their service to a bunch of spammers, your emails can get blacklisted in bulk based on the behavior of the other users of that CRM. Uh, You know, I've seen it happen. Gosh, I was in one of the chat rooms this morning. I don't remember the name of the email provider off the top of my head, but um, there, they had some pretty good open rates. They were co- a coach. It's a coaching, um, uh, c- kind of a marketers group for coaches. Right, right. And they couldn't understand why they had great rapport and open rates with their audience. And now all of a sudden, everything was going into spam boxes. And, mm. and clients couldn't find it and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out um, the email provider had done a big push during COVID they sold their service to a bunch of spammers. Wow. And the spammers destroyed the deliverability because the, the email provider got blacklisted. And this happened with, uh, it happened with um, Russell Brunson's Actionetics mm. that used to go with ClickFunnels. They had a great product when it started out, yeah. but then spammers used it and now nothing that you send out in Actionetics uh, gets delivered. And it doesn't matter how much integrity your company has, it's it, the yeah. email service provider got a black eye. So you yeah. gotta be careful of who you're working with. And, you know, like for Shopify, for e-commerce, we have kind of like a proprietary cadence mm-hmm. that we've set up that mm-hmm. gets people opening the emails as they're first coming out. So. Like there's instructions on, you know, like watch for this, this is coming next. Right. We kind of set those things up to kind of coach people through how to engage with our emails in the beginning so that it increases our chances of deliverability. It has people on the watch for them to open them. And after they've engaged with a few of the emails in the beginning, it kind of lifts the integrity of you as an email sender provider you know, they might star your stuff, whitelist you, right, and, right. you know, like you're giving them incentives to engage. Yeah. Tracking numbers, all yeah, of those all, things. All of that stuff is, all of that stuff is very, very, very 
it, it's just like you said, there's a lot of intricacies to this stuff. It's not, you know, so yeah, if you're not, not seeing write emails and then <laughs> yeah. hey, here you go. Like here, I wrote them all on this piece of paper for you. Just cut and paste them and upload this swipe copy. It doesn't yeah, work no, like that. Doesn't work. But you know, people yeah. out there are selling it that way though. And it, it's it when I see it on Facebook or LinkedIn or any platform, I I, I just shake my head. I'm like, wow. But well, it's the difference between amateurs and professionals, right? Like amateurs yeah. just don't know. You know, they think you pick up a baseball bat and put a glove on and you're going to yeah. join the Yankees if you have the right connections. Like yeah. So. yeah, yeah, Nope. <laughs> well, um, this has been an awesome interview. But before I, before I let you go, is there any parting words that you have um, that maybe I've missed that you want to communicate to these folks? think if you have the opportunity to love your customers, love on your customers more than you are right now, waiting for them to beg you is too late. You mm. have to be proactive. Yeah. Now that is a great ending <laughs> to a great interview. <laughs> I would take note of that. I mean, that is so true. You've got to be, you got to be proactive. You got to be in front of people. And that's very timely for today of what we're feeling with the whole COVID thing. Um, so yeah, you got to be proactive folks. You heard it from the great Wendy Schenkel herself. So uh, with that, I am going to bid farewell to this uh, episode. This is a special episode of marketing solutions for local businesses. I hope you guys got a lot of value of it. I know I did. I always get a lot of value when I talk to this wonderful woman and I, and I know you've been just been blessed by her. So I will see everyone here on Friday with my regular episode as we always give you the best digital marketing tips and tricks for local businesses out there on the market. So stay tuned for that. Until then, have a great rest of your Monday. Take care and bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Solutions for Local Businesses. The podcast where you will discover all the latest and greatest digital marketing tools, tips, and strategies you will need to implement in order to stay ahead of your competition. Don't forget, any links that were mentioned during the broadcast will be available to you in the show notes. So be sure to grab them while you have the chance. Incidentally, if you have any topics that you would like for us to discuss on the show, be sure to send an email to the email provided in the show notes or click the contact us link and let us know what topic you would like us to help you with. And we'll be sure to add it to our schedule. If you would like for Frank and his team to look at your digital marketing presence and give you a free evaluation, simply click the request a free consultation link in the show notes to get a hold of them. That being said, until our next episode, make it a successful digital marketing day. Peace out.